Welcome to another episode of Believing God's Promises, where we don't just read the word, but believe what it says. I want to explain for a minute what we're going to be doing all the way up until Christmas. We have seven weeks till Christmas, which is crazy, insane. But because of that, I just really was praying about, okay, God, what do you have? Normally I'll do maybe a Thanksgiving message and then I'll do Advent. I love Advent. It's so good. I love talking about leading up to Jesus's birth and, and all of the promises of God being fulfilled. It's such an amazing um, message to be able and an honor to be able to do. But this year I felt like the Lord wanted to do something different. And so I've been praying on that and I was like, okay, God, what is this going to look like? And I really sensed that he was showing me all of the pain and all of the heartache and all of the things that people go through during the holiday season, during Thanksgiving, up until Christmas and into the new year and how that for whatever reason, even though it's a time that we have joy and we have peace and, we, and we're grateful for the Savior, for whatever reason, all of the things, all of the valleys that we've walked through, all of the difficult things that we've been through, they tend to come up during the season, don't they? Maybe um, there's relationship problems. Maybe you're going through a divorce or a breakup. Maybe um, you and a best friend are, are not doing well. And, and, and that's been a thing this year. Maybe you lost your business or you lost your job or you're struggling financially. Maybe you had a loss in a family. Maybe you lost someone you love and you're questioning that. Whatever it is, those things tend to come up during the holidays and we need a chance to be able to grieve those things. But also I believe that we need to understand where God is in all of that, because that is what helps us walk through that and get the healing that we need. And, and it's okay. If this season you just need to sit and be, that's okay. It's okay. But at the same time, eventually seek and seek after the Lord and say, God, where were you in this? And, and, you know, do studies like this. We're going to be doing this for six weeks. We're actually going through Psalm 23. Now, if you don't know what Psalm that is, that's the Valley of the Shadow of Death Psalm. A lot of people know it as that Psalm, um, but it talks about, David talks about like when we're going through difficult things, where is God? What are the promises of God? Like, where is he in the midst of the pain? Where is he in the midst of the suffering? Where is he when we just don't understand? And so I want to walk with you through this Psalm. There are six verses. So I know it'll be six weeks. I'm not quite sure if I'm taking off the day after Thanksgiving or the day before or, you know, a few days before Christmas. It just kind of depends on what our family is doing. So I will let you guys know, but it will lead up into Christmas. And then that last time I'm on, I'll tell you about what we're doing in the new year and kind of inform you about some of those things. But for the next six to seven weeks, depending on how I do this, we will be going through Psalm 23 and we'll be breaking it down. And we'll be looking at the promises that God gives us of where he is in the midst of our pain, in the midst of our suffering. So before I get started on the first verse today, I just want to read Psalm 23 over you. So just sit there and listen and just absorb what God is saying. So I'm reading from the NIV translation. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley, the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. 
For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So David wrote this and we can see his heart and we can see that he, you know, David went through so much. He went through so many trials and, and so many obstacles and so much opposition of, but mainly from Saul, his enemy. And when he writes this, it's like, man, my life has been tough and I'm, I'm going through hard things, but you know what? God is good and God is faithful. You're still with me. Your rod and your staff cover me. Like God, you are good. You are faithful. And, and I don't think that we have to fake it till we make it. I don't believe in that. And I don't think that we have to be unreal and not process our pain. Like your hurt is legit. Like God sees your pain and he sees you and he sees what you've been through and he knows that you're hurting, but he wants to come in and he wants to show you how even in the midst of that, in the midst of living in a broken world, that he is with you and that he loves you and he cares for you and he guides you and he protects you and he gives you everything that you need. And so I hope that through this series, you're able to see that, that God gives you a heart, true heart revelation of how much he loves you and how much he's there for you, even when it doesn't feel like he is. Amen. Amen. All right. So let's dive in to verse one. So I'm going to read it again. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. I lack nothing. The Lord is my shepherd. Now, one thing I've talked about a lot is in order to understand the Bible, we really need to understand the culture. When David wrote this, it was during his time in a culture that he was familiar with and a culture that he lived in. And if somebody was to read it back then, they would have an in-depth understanding because they understood the relationship between sheep and shepherds. David definitely understood that relationship because he was a shepherd and he knew what it meant to shepherd the flock. He knew what it meant to go in and take care of the sheep. And so he uses this to explain to us, but we need to study that. We need to look deeper. And I want to encourage you guys to study on the side. I don't have time to go into all of the things that I've learned about sheep and shepherding, but go in and, and study this verse and study these verses as we're going through. Study what it is, what it meant to be a shepherd, even back then. And and some of these things still apply today, but most likely we, we're not shepherds. You know, that most of you are not shepherds that are watching. And if some of you are, great. That's wonderful. Put it in the comments. Tell us some things. Uh, you know, teach us about what you do. But most of us aren't, right? And so I want to encourage you guys, go and study sheep and shepherds and their relationship. So sheep are just naturally very stupid. They're very needy. They would literally follow each other right off a cliff. They don't know what they're doing. They, they don't know how to take care of themselves. They don't know how to feed themselves. They don't know how to do anything. They don't even know that they're in danger when they're in danger. That's how stupid they are. And so here we have this picture of us being the sheep and God being the shepherd. And we see this all throughout the Bible. There's a lot of 
And there's a lot of talking about God. We, we know that Jesus is the good shepherd. Um, we see a lot of this analogy because that is, again, the culture they lived in. It was something they could relate to, right? Just like we can relate to cell phones. But if I was to tell my child, I was to tell him some parable about a payphone, then he would be like, what? One of my kids, my kids would be like, what, what are you talking about, mom? But if I was to relate to a cell phone, they'd get it, but not a payphone. Does that make sense? Okay, it's the same thing. And so David is is telling us about these sheep and and how they're they're stupid and how they're needy and how they can't take care of themselves. But then it says something, right? It says that let's read it again. It says, "The Lord is my shepherd," and that we could put a therefore I lack nothing, right? The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. So it's telling us that the shepherd is there to take care of us, that even though we'll walk off of a cliff, we'll, we, we're not able to feed ourselves. We're not able to take care of ourselves. And we're not just talking physically, right? We're looking at physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. And, and we see the spiritual part fulfilled in Jesus's birth. And, res- and death and resurrection, right? That that he he covers all of our sins. So, and again, we can't deep dive into all of this, but I want you to have some of this so that you can go and you can study on your own. So we're talking about in all aspects of our life that, that God is our shepherd, that he takes care of us, that he gives us what we need when we need it, that he keeps us from danger, that he literally stops danger from coming. And you're like, well, Carrie, but that doesn't make sense because sometimes I'm hungry and sometimes I don't have enough. And and sometimes I'm doing something and I don't get what I need. And I cry out to God and I've asked him to help me and he hasn't helped me. And I get that. And I understand that. But here's the thing. This is something that the Lord showed me so clearly in the last few days is he said, Carrie, sometimes what you're asking for and what you think you need is actually something that's going to hurt you. It's something that's going to harm you. It's something that's going to get you off course. It's something that's going to distract you. It's something that's going to kill you either physically, spiritually, mentally, whatever it is. God sees things. It's so different than us. We don't see the big picture like he does. You know, in the beginning, he looked at everything and he says, it is good. And he saw into eternity because God is all seeing. He's outside of time and everything, everything they looked at. He he looked at everything and he had already worked it all out for good because we love him and we're called according to his purpose. And so he could see it. He could see it in its perfection at the end. He could see Jesus dying and and rising again three days later. And he could see all of the things, right? He could see everything. And he says, it is good. And so he sees like we don't. All we can see is right in front of us. We can think that we see further down the road. We think that we know what's going to happen. We think that we know what should happen. So many times we have our agenda and we strive and we try and we, and we try to do things and we're like, God, why aren't you doing anything? Why aren't you fixing this? God, I need this God. I want this. And we strive and we try and we try and we strive and we strive and we try and we try and we strive. We're like, God, where are you in this? And God is just sitting back because he's not going to force himself into things that we don't allow him into, but he's just sitting back and he's waiting for us to come to that place of surrender and coming to that place of surrender to where we begin to see, you know what, maybe we don't know what's best for us. Maybe we're asking for something that we think we need when in fact we need something completely opposite. 
when I was looking at this and I was going over some of these verses, God gave me this picture and it was the shepherd. It was kind of one of those things that I see in my mind's eye. And I saw this shepherd and this little sheep and he was so thirsty and he was walking towards a stream. And he was like, oh my gosh, I'm so thirsty. I'm so thirsty. And he was just determined to get to that stream because it looked so good. I mean, it was clear in everything. And so as he's walking, I saw the shepherd take his staff and pull the sheep back by his neck because that's what they would do. And he pulls him back. And as he's pulling him back, the sheep is fighting the shepherd. And he's like, what are you doing? Why are you stopping? I'm so thirsty. I need water. I don't understand. Do you even care about me? Do you even love me? And in that moment, as he's doing that, and the sheep is crying out, the shepherd is sitting there realizing that that stream has poison in it. And if his sheep was to go and drink the water, then he could get killed. That he it would harm him, probably kill him. And so when the shepherd takes his staff and he pulls him back and he keeps him from the sheep, the from or the sheep from the thing that the sheep thinks that he needs, what he's actually doing is giving the sheep what he knows he needs. He's protecting him from something that will harm him. He's protecting him from something that the sheep can't see. Because see, you can't see the poison in the water. It still looks clear. It looks good. It looks amazing. And see, the shepherd knows that the sheep will be okay without that water because he's already planned to get the sheep water later on down the road. Even though the sheep thinks that he needs that in that moment, the shepherd knows that he can last a little bit longer and that if he just goes a little bit further, then he'll get clean water. Man, when God began to show me this, I began to get convicted because I was like, oh my gosh, how many times in my life have I said, I need, I need, I need, I need, oh my God, we'll supply all my needs, which we totally take that scripture out of context, by the way, but in God will supply all our needs. He is a good and faithful God, but we say we need A, B, and C God. And if you don't do A, B, and C, then that must mean that you don't love me. That must mean we're like that little sheep. Do you even love me, God? Do you even see me? Do you even care? And the whole time, God is sitting there doing what's best for us. He's doing something that we may never see why. And that's the thing. We may never understand it. We may never see why. We may never be able to comprehend it. We may never see the danger that he's stopping us from. But God is sitting back and he's pulling us back with his staff. And he's saying, I love you too much to let you go forward. And man, I just began to get convicted. And you know, a lot of different aspects of my life, things that I've struggled with my kids and my marriage and my ministry and our, our, um, the uh, business that we just started, just all of the things that I thought that I had the right plan and I knew what I needed. And God began to show me, Carrie, you don't know what you need half the time. You're just a sheep. And if I let you go where you want to go, then you're going to wander off a cliff or you're going to go and you're going to drink of poison water. And man, it was just so phenomenal when the Lord began to show me this. And you know, just yesterday, my husband and I were talking about this because with his business, he uses his uh, truck. He has a pickup truck that he uses. And he was telling me, he was like, you know, I don't understand because in the last week, like I've just not gotten any jobs. And, and he really depends on some of these jobs and they've just been kind of falling off. And, and we've been questioning, well, here's the thing. In the last few weeks, uh, about a couple of weeks ago, his radiator went out. And being car people, sometimes that's not good because we'll push things 
to a limit that we know that we can. Like if my brakes are squeaking, I'm like, oh, it's fine. I have a while. And in most people that don't know a lot about cars, and I'm not saying to do this, by the way, this is not something that you should do. This is something that we shouldn't do, but I'm just being real with you guys, right? And so we'll push things to the limit sometimes. So he started just putting water in his radiator and it could get him from A to B instead of getting a, a new radiator. We're like, okay, this works. And, and what's crazy is it started getting cold here. And if you're putting water in a radiator and it gets so cold, it freezes, then what's going to happen? Yeah, we're going to have major issues and it's probably going to blow our engine. And so, but we weren't thinking of that. We we're just like, oh, we don't have time. That's more money. We can just do this and kind of get by. And so God, I believe that the Lord literally stopped bringing some jobs so that it would wake us both up and we could say, oh, we should probably fix the radiator because again, here we are just do, 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 going off a cliff. Um, me and Nathan together, just like, oh, let's go off a cliff, just like a sheep, right? Just like a sheep. We just do these things sometimes and we just, we think we can get by with it. And, and, and so we're like, Lord, why are there no jobs? Father, like what's happening, Lord? We trust you. We know you'll provide. Well, do we? I mean, we're kind of pushing the envelope here. Are we really trusting God in those moments? And so we're crying out just like that little sheep that was thirsty. God, just provide for us. And, and, you know, you are Jehovah Jireh, our God, our provider. And, you know, we're quoting scripture and we're doing all the things, but in the background, we're making stupid decisions that, that will lead to catastrophe. And God is shaking our circumstances because he can see so much more than we can see. And so finally, Nathan and I were talking yesterday and we were talking about this whole thing. And, and he was like trying to figure some things out. And, and he goes, you know, I just really felt like the Lord was like, fix your radiator. And I was like, huh, that's interesting. And, and every time he tried to go somewhere else with it, God would say, fix your radiator, fix your radiator, fix your radiator. And finally we're like, well, gosh, maybe we should fix the radiator, you know, but sometimes it takes that. It takes God shaking up our circumstances. It takes God pulling us back by his staff. And by the way, we did, we ordered the radiator. It's going to be in today. Um, so that's really good. We're going to get it taken care of. It's it's not that big of a deal. The car, the truck is still running. So that's good. Thank you, Lord, for saving us from an engine being blown, saving us from thousands of dollars being spent on an engine. Amen. So this is what God does. And, and we just have to trust that, that he is a good shepherd, that he is going to provide everything that we need. But I really wanted to hone in on this piece of sometimes whenever we're crying out and we think that we're not going to make it to that next stream, we think we can't go further. God is just protecting us. And whenever we cry out to him, we say, God, show me, God, what, what am I missing here? A lot of times he will reveal, I'm protecting you or I love love you so much. I can't let you go there. He may not reveal the whole thing, but he'll show you something in that. So if you're going through a difficult time and you're struggling, if you're in the valley of shadow of death, if you're going through things that are difficult and you just don't understand them and you're questioning God on them and you're, you can see that stream right up ahead and you want to go and drink of the water, but God's not letting you, then maybe spend some time in the next week, just really seeking him and saying, God, I trust you. Even if I never know, if that water's poison or what it is, God, I trust that if you're not letting me get to that stream, if you keep pulling me back, that there's a reason, that there's a purpose and that you are good and you're faithful and you can see things that I will never be able to see. Amen. Amen. 